Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Rick Dayton Show continuing on KDKA 338-11-11-2021 is Veterans Day, and we certainly appreciate the first three ladies being with us today, Allison Smith, Annette Weber, Tanya Oxendine, all of them, U.S. Army Retired Command Sergeant Majors. We're going to talk with another woman right now. Her name is Kelly Savage. She joins us in the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline right now to talk about another serious part of what's happening with members who have served Advanced Recovery Systems, where Kelly serves as a community outreach director. Recovery Village is a national physician-led behavioral health care company. And the issue of dealing with behavioral health issues and dealing with addiction is certainly a significant problem. Kelly, it is great to have you on KDK with us today. How are you? Hi, Rick. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, uh, especially on this um, very important day. It is. Um, I come from a family of veterans. My significant other is active duty Navy. So um, this and our work in behavioral health for veterans and first responders means a lot to me. Deployed right now or stateside? What's the status of the, of the other? Um, he returned from deployment in May, thankfully. Um, so he's stateside now. He actually um, completes his service in December after 10 years in the Navy. So we're looking forward to a new chapter, but certainly this is a um, you know, a nice day to celebrate the service he has uh, made to our country, and so, I'm grateful to have him home. Yeah, and the countdown, I'm sure, is on. But at the same time, that's a transition time, and I think that's perhaps part of the problem that one in 10 veterans, for instance, treated at the VA after coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan is dealing with drug or alcohol issues, that that transition is hard. But there's more to it than just coming home and, and switching back to a civilian life, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot of things that they saw, that they did, that they witnessed that perhaps leads to that. Do we know what really triggers it? Well, post-traumatic stress is a very unique issue in that um, very rarely you can draw a straight line to the cause. Hmm. Um, for, for many military and combat veterans, um, it may have been a traumatic event in combat. It may have been several um, and that's what we look at as chronic and complex PTSD. Um, I work most closely now with firefighters and law enforcement officers who are also being diagnosed with PTSD. About 20% of firefighters will meet criteria for PTSD. Um, some of these people come to us with military backgrounds. Others do not. Um, but they, too, are being exposed to um, chronic trauma and, and medical events on a regular basis. And the brain is just not equipped to handle these things particularly on an ongoing basis. So that's where uh, a great need for treatment and support options have to be available. And where we've really seen this thrive is in the peer support aspect. Um, for military communities and paramilitary communities like first responder groups, um, they may 
what we, they may fall into what we refer to as terminal uniqueness, that no one may understand them and that their uh, brother or sister in combat or in their role uh, can't possibly be going through these things too because they seem fine. And this results in isolation and ultimately um, a deterioration of their mental state. And more often than not, their brothers and sisters are feeling the same way, um, but they may not be comfortable opening up to each other about it. Um, but they are each other's best line of defense in making strides against these issues and in getting connected to proper medical resources when they do come to a head. Many times these first responders were MPs. I mean, many times they served in branches of the military and they learned their firefighting skills, for instance, on a frigate in the Navy. I mean, so there is a lot of carryover in that regard, too. Are they more willing to talk to another service member, another veteran, than perhaps they would be another firefighter or another cop? That, that could very much be the case. Um, you know, 80% of Boston firefighters are veterans. So we're wow. seeing uh, a lot of commonalities uh, among these populations. And I would say more so than not being willing to open up to other professionals who they may serve amongst now, um, there's a real stigma around reaching out for professional mental health help to treatment professionals, to clinicians, to facilities such as ours who specialize in this, in this treatment. But having a peer that is willing to talk with them, listen to them, and help them bridge that gap to resources and say, I'm here to support you and I think that this is a good idea, um, is something that can be life-saving. And ultimately, a, a part of our role is to lessen these statistics around first responder and military suicide um, and by identifying early warning signs of depression, of substance use, um, we're going to make a, a big impact there because more often than not, those who have turned to suicide have experienced um, mental health issues leading up to that that have gone untreated and gone unrecognized, but their peers may have seen something that they, if they had intervened earlier, they could have helped them to get help for and prevented that tragedy. 20 veterans committing suicide every day in the United States, which is impossible for us to wrap our heads around how big of an issue that is. Treatment is one thing, I think, Kelly, but prevention is an, and, and is this something that, that you can say, okay, we need to focus on prevention or we need to focus on treatment. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it, where do you, where do you begin? Where does it start? Absolutely. I, I think that's kind of a chicken and an egg question. It is. Um, because I, I wouldn't say one is more important than the other. Um, we have to be both proactive and reactive where necessary. So obviously treatment is going to be that reactive option, but it is critical to someone's health, well-being, and continued success. Um, but then the proactive aspects too. So our organization does a lot of training around cultural competence for treatment providers to ensure that they are equipped to treat these men and women with some best practices in mind, um, considering their backgrounds and occupation. Um, there's also a program um, that the VA has developed, um, PTSD consultation program for community providers that also offers free education, training, consultation, and other resources to non-VA providers who may be treating veterans with PTSD. So both our organization and the VA are doing what we can to make sure that other providers are equipped to address these unique needs of these professionals, um, you know, but also training our peers, right? Because as I mentioned, a lot of veterans and first responders do not feel comfortable reaching out to professional mental health counselors or treatment, treatment providers. They're going to go to a peer first. So the IFF, which is the International Firefighters Union, uh, they have done a phenomenal job developing a peer support training that has been used among many agencies 
I just did one of their trainings actually with um, active duty folks from Edwards Air Force Base mm-hmm. out in California, mm-hmm. um, and they are teaching through peer-led instruction um, how to be um, equipped to intervene and to lead a peer through these challenging circumstances to the proper evidence-based resources. And I think it is truly changing uh, the culture of the fire service, of these military communities, and hopefully um, our, our country as a whole. Kelly, it is, uh, it's wonderful to know that we've got people like you on their side, that, that, that people are looking out for them and agencies like yours are, are helping them to make that transition and deal with those very difficult uh, situations. Thanks for being here on KDK and talking us through some of these issues so we can think about it and, and make some more intelligent decisions moving forward. We appreciate you. Of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Rick. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. And hey, by the way, enjoy December when you finally get them back home. Thank you. It'll be a great time. I'm sure it will. A different kind of holiday for sure. Kelly Savage joining us here. Again, Community Outreach Director, Advanced Recovery Systems, and uh, great work that they are doing. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 